0: Hey, everybody. How's it going? I am your host, Rob Turley, here at Down the Rabbit Hole Podcast. And today I've got someone, not one of the usual people that I would actually interview to say that. Nothing against you, Tom, but not someone I'd usually interview because he works with uh, with a company that is really structured around market research and the press, which is interesting. So we're going to get a lot of different uh, insights versus what we're usually getting in this podcast. So I'm very excited to have him here. Um, Tom Allen is who I have with me as our featured guest, and he is the founder of AI Journal. Love his content. Really awesome. We're about to start working together, so I'm excited about that. So Tom, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, very much
1: appreciate it. Absolutely. I really appreciate you having me on today, Rob. It's great to be on this podcast and great to be as part of the show. And as you mentioned, I'm the founder of AI Journal. Uh, I have a background in marketing and that's what brought me into AI and emerging technologies, which brought me along from a background in engineering, uh, not knowing anything about it and wanting to know all about it to help other people understand it. And yeah, it's been a fun ride over the past year building up uh, what we've got to help amazing companies such as yours and what we're doing. Uh, Really excited to be partnering and uh, really excited uh, to talk on some really broad topics and talk around what we're going to be doing okay. yeah, for sure
0: so quick question beforehand with your background did you start with engineering and then move to marketing or was it the other way around
1: so i was in marketing beforehand i was in london as part of a pr comms industry body and that kind of naturally led me and funnily enough i didn't ever see myself going into marketing that, that naturally marketing. led you yeah it just naturally led me into marketing because i thought i was going to go into project management um, but then I kind of went to an agency, and that just changed everything. And uh, now, obviously, it's what I I love doing. I love marketing things. I love uh, coming up with creative ideas, and love coming up with ways to get an idea that people understand. So it wasn't meant to be, but uh, it's it's how I've fallen into it, and something I love. So very random story. No, that's
0: awesome. That's just actual real proof that what you went to school for, what you have a background in, does not limit you to where you have to be or where you need to go. So, you can go anywhere you want. Similar to me, I started in a background of design, yeah. and now I work in artificial intelligence. I mean, that is a total switch, right? Yes. So right. who knows? Can it can happen. You can okay. learn anything that you can learn. That's, that's pretty much the takeaway right there. But moving forward, talking on, since you talk to all of these founders, different people within companies, a lot of C-suite all the time, and technology all over the world. Now, getting started by talking about innovation. Yeah. That is the ticket here. Innovation is what drives us. Innovation is what gives us progress. Innovation is the agent of change, which is exciting. Now, what does innovation mean to you since you're surrounded by it day to day?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I think innovation is coming up with something new, but also being aware that you're going to have to fail to get there. So, coming up with something that really is going to change the landscape and i mean it, it's something where i mean to use an example and this is a personal opinion of someone like apple they're renovating all the time and now they've slowed down and i think something's going to happen where well especially an ai and cloud and, you know as much as i do it it really captivates you when you see true innovation now and it's something where i think people are losing what they actually see as innovation is it just something that's being replicated or something that's just not actually that much difference but you can see true innovation when you see a kind of tool or project and you think "Fuck, i can really see that changing my life i can really see that helping me so much better and something that hasn't been around before like what the new thing i like, like how
0: the, you differentiate that because i feel yeah. like people have been confusing innovation with improvement Yes. If you're improving a process, that's not an innovation in my mind, or probably not in your mind either. Uh, But improvement is needed, but innovation is truly changing something. It doesn't have to be brand new. No one's ever seen it before. Like, you know, you invent a new color, and we can see it somehow in our spectrum, right? But innovation is totally transforming something, someone, or a process where it's beyond recognition, or it's totally different from its pre-existing state right yeah. and that's very exciting um what kind of innovation do you see in the market happening that is going to change the landscape right now
1: so the obvious one would probably be vr and AR because that really is you're seeing new things of i think teams unleashed what they're doing with doing meetings in vr that whole idea is is crazy like i wouldn't have pictured it and i wouldn't have seen it as being something that's big um but also you're seeing innovation within Um, Not so much the technical areas. I feel like a lot of companies are jumping on the AI bandwagon. If they're doing proper uh, solutions that are AI driven or not, I don't entirely know. But I do think you're going to see a lot within the kind of marketing area. Do you think you're going to see a lot um, within VR because that's going to change how we interact with people and how people feel comfortable? And I mean, I think you could put it down to not just product innovation, but innovation within people as well. I mean, how hard? I don't know if you remember this, Rob, but. I remembered it, or if you had the same challenge, trying to speak to people across the world was so hard to get them on camera, but before this kind of era, and now obviously everyone started working from home, everyone's happy to jump on camera, and it's like an expectation that you need to be on camera, and I think that's kind of a confidence and a kind of um, innovation in our day-to-day life, because before people weren't doing it, now it's common practice, and I think we're seeing a real kind of big way in that, but vr is 100 percent where i sit and i can see that being a big big area and i think that's going to be where a lot of people need to understand how to train how to educate do do you think
0: it's um ever going to get to the level of like ready player one the spielberg movie
1: yeah i reckon it will give me give us 10 years it will be oasis
0: will come to be right
1: yeah (laughs) exactly but i can see it going that way and i can see it being um, deals being conducted via like new business being conducted via VR. Like, let's all stick our headsets on and let's jump into this deal. And I mean, that will, I mean, look at what uh, Elon Musk is doing. It's like Starlink. That is innovation to think what he's going to be able to achieve with something like that to give free Wi Fi to the world, to uh, places that you can't get it at the moment.
0: <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg is- talked about doing that, put up some satellite drones that had like Wi Fi and stuff, and then just like yeah. didn't even really do it.
1: Yeah, you go ahead of
0: it. And I'd rather keep my money. Fuck it. That's yeah. that's what he really did. Yeah, pretty much. I'd rather do a brand name change as well. At ideal timing, right? Yeah. Let's call it Meta. The stuff yeah. that we're stealing from everyone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I
0: think that's so ironic. I think it's hilarious that he's calling it that.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: it terrible name, though. Why would you take something that's one of the probably the top ten most iconic brands in the world and then just totally just just shitting on it? It's gone.
1: And it pissed me off as well, Rob, because. What it it, it really annoyed me, looking at it from, they've stole the name Metaverse almost. Like they've tried to put their brand behind a kind of term. And I know a lot of people um, within the VR scene, whether they're heads of XR or influencers like Kathy Hackle, it's it, it it was a question, and it really annoyed me personally. It really fucked me off to see that they've tried to take that term and put it under their own brand. And I just think, why? Like just that's the metaverse is something that should be open to everyone. It shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to own that kind of brand. And they went and did that. And that personally annoyed me because you think you shouldn't be able to do that kind of area. But yeah. It's, uh, it's
0: I mean, look at the company. Well, the ticker is MMAT. Uh, meta, uh, so meta materials. There's that company, they develop nanofilms Um yeah. and they do it. So like you can, you can test like blood sugar, or you can actually do injections, things like that that, that become transdermal, that are usually not transdermal. Yeah. And also nanofilms for like military goggles where they can have like HUD displays. They do it for like smart glasses, all that stuff. It's really cool stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: That's meta, but they're not really dealing with anything meta at all. And yeah. it, it's interesting what type of term, depending on what market you're in, what what people would even consider that? Yeah. And the meta is the metaverse is huge. I mean, I deal in the metaverse all the time. Yeah. Data analytics, mass data aggregation and so on that fun stuff. But um, moving forward from that, I guess, is that uh, where do you think the metaverse is going to go? What do you think is going to be the next world that's that's going to be created? I guess the world within the world of
1: meta yeah or maybe the world within the world of the world it'd be like an inception thing or something where you just keep going deep yeah. and deep in that like um but i yeah i, I don't know I, I i think it's a it's a good good question because you look at it from i don't even think we'll know all the different ways it can go and i always say people ask me what's going to be happening in 10 years with ai and everything can i say i don't know what i'm gonna have for dinner in three weeks right I, I don't understand where this massive jump to go forward all the time but i just know there's a lot we're, we're going to find out. And there's a lot of things we don't even know is going to be part of that metaverse. And I think that's, what's exciting. I think any new, and going back to our conversation earlier, Rob, any new innovation, it opens up doors to all sorts of innovation you didn't expect to come across. Like the innovation of the car. Look what that opened up. That opened up all sorts of new business, all sorts of new, imagine if Henry Ford had turned around and thought, nah, not going to do it. Like imagine what kind of world we'd be living in today. And I think it's the same when, um, I don't know if you are, but personally, I'm a big fan of uh, space travel because I think it's going to unlock a lot of innovations and a lot of things that uh, we don't know is going to be brought from it. And I think that's a very important point to the metaverse or to any other innovation, that once you start trying to innovate, you start trying to do things, you'll find out other things that you didn't expect to stumble across and you think, ah, shit, that works as well. And I think it will be the exact same sort of thing with the metaverse. But let me ask you, what would you like to see in a metaverse, Rob? What do you reckon would be a cool application? Well, I mean, what I'm doing right now,
0: I think is a great use of it,
1: but getting further
0: and further, I mean, we want to delve even deeper into that, but to get to the research side of things, like really in-depth, expensive research, I mean, we need to bring in the revenue. We're doing something that will make us money and a decent amount of it with a need that's needed right now, present need, to be able to develop um, solutions for future needs or solutions for things that there's no money in. Yeah. Where they, oh how are you going to make money solving that? Oh, uh, you're not. You're just going to fucking fix what's broken. It's that simple. Well, why are you doing it? What's in it for you? Um, not having the entire world destroy itself. That, yeah. Is that is that a good enough response? You're, oh, there's no money in it. I don't care. I, I'm not trying to die or yeah. leave the world behind. And do it in a shithole like yeah. it was left before us. You know, it's not worth. It's not worth even dealing with the money at that point you need money to make it happen though but what i want to see is really creative ways to connect human beings to understand ourselves to understand the environment around us at a level that is so deep that it's quite literally driven by mathematics everything in the world is math but understanding our landscape our environment the physical world and beyond in a mathematical uh, from a mathematical perspective to understand how it actually works so yeah. that we can build innovation around the actual natural function of how things are and how like. things will be.
1: Yeah, that's a great way of doing it as well because I'm a big backer of science and I think that would be a really interesting way of how to understand. I've never looked at it like that before, looking at it from like a proper mathematical background. One of my friends is a data scientist, uh, data developer, and he'd love that kind of view of thinking how you can you can make it very simple right because that's, a, that's the hard thing how to make these complex ideas quite simple and if you can narrow it down to like you said down to that to understand it it's, it's very cool
0: everything know. in nature is essentially an algorithm so
1: yeah i never i never thought about it that way that's very cool
0: and it's like the whole idea of calculus is that the limit does not exist right yeah. the limit does not exist that's the rule because everything is infinite well i would actually argue that where Everything should be uh, should have a limit. It shouldn't be. um, It shouldn't be um, like. So how do I put this in a way that's not like insanely complicated? Um, hmm. Everything runs in in a limit cycle. It repeats It repeats It repeats, but it's not repeating the exact same way. Yeah. And we're talking about mathematics in our world, the globe that we live in. It's all limited. There's no unlimited. It's not out of infinite. And this is why statistical regression doesn't really work in our world. Those models, stat models, because it's based off of no limit. It's infinite. Where nonlinear, so that's linear mathematics. Nonlinear mathematics are more applicable to our world because we are limited within the environment in which we live. As soon as you exit the atmosphere, that's a whole different world. But in our world, it is nonlinear. You need to be using nonlinear to learn. Instead of using the linear like we are, we will see far more insight into what it is that we have and are able to do and what the potential is of anything within the environment in which we live if we're using nonlinear mathematics. Yeah. That's a- but then space, on the other hand, linear.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that. That's, I was literally talking around space uh, yesterday, I think, and um, looking at the, the helix and how far away that is for, for us, like – and it was something like uh, it would take 25 million years to get there. And it's looking at that kind of thinking. If you really look at something that big, it's it's crazy to think kind of things that could happen out there. It's um makes me think how how to think bigger. Really, it's uh, when you look at those kind of stats and you think if there's all that out there, we could be doing so much more on the on Earth with like you're saying. Like it is, we are fixed to the globe at the moment. But that's why I'm so big on space travel because there's so much to see out there that we imagine if we could go out there, Rob. Like and what kind of doors that would open to us if we could start doing space travel and everything? It would be be insane. You might have. A oh, yeah, I'll let
0: all the early adopters um have all of the danger and death in the process. Uh, but then once it's been figured out, then I'm down to go.
1: Yeah, once <laughs> it's low risk,
0: I got you. I'll do it.
1: Yeah, not going to be one of the
0: probabilities, right? I jump yeah. out of planes because the chances of the po- the chute not pulling is about one in one point two million. Yeah. So chances if you die, chances if you dying as soon as you step into your car and start driving is about one in seventeen thousand. Yeah. So every time you get in your car, you could you could uh, die in your car like what a thousand times over before your shoot's not going to pull. But then you have a backup shoot, and that's another one one in one point two million.
1: Yeah, that brings it down even further. Skydiving <laughs> is safer than driving your car. I wish I'd known that stat when I went skydiving because I just jumped out the plane and I thought, well, oh, I didn't even think about the stats behind it. It was just I just know the stat that the the most dangerous part of flying abroad get into the airport like you said that's that around cars compared to being in a plane or something so that's that's a (laughs) that's a good one to know
0: that's why fearing flying is quite literally an irrational fear yeah the chances of your plane going down are like it's it's like one in you have you have like no you'll get struck by lightning 10 times before that happens (laughs) yeah it's, it's a funny thing but if you look at things from a probabilistic perspective we live in a dangerous world but also a very safe one yeah the things we fear most are often the least dangerous yeah it's because like we cannot a, conceptualize them or it's out of our comfort zone. It's something that we don't think about actively.
1: Yeah. But don't you think that's the thing then, Rob? Like people with businesses and using these kind of stats because I see people trying to have a negative view and people trying to use the negative view of AI all the time. And I think and go ahead part. and have that view all they want because exactly. negativity just breeds more negativity. It's no good. There
0: should be a positive view on almost everything. Negativity exactly. is good because of balance, but why not just be neutral? Neutral is exactly. positive. You're good to go. Neutr- neutrality means you're seeing it from both perspectives without trying to have the bias behind it and thinking it through. That's where I think people should really sit. And the ones who have a negative view on AI, those are the ones that have seen the movies, I Robot, The Matrix, <laughs> whatever it is. I'm obsessed with The Matrix by the way because it's the only, it's one of the only sci-fi movies where you can't actually prove that it's not real right now, that it's not happening right now. But it could it's be totally, a real- a totally different crazy. point. But <laughs> the thing is, the negative comes from Hollywood. And the way yeah. that's been put, there's been no evil AI that's been created except for mm, the controversial Cambridge Analytica yeah. um, for, you know, mass uh, psychological, you know, uh, manipulation about around politics and political decisions. Um, but that shows how people are sheeple, really, right? Um, yeah. But the point is behind that is that it can be used for the wrong things. But when humans build technology, technology is never inherently evil. Yeah. Even a nuclear bomb is not evil. Yeah. The bomb itself, it just sits there until it's used or if it's used for the wrong reason, right? So that's the thing is that technology is not evil. It's the intention in which it was built to make it that way or how it's used. So if an AI is created that self-learning that functions on its own and goes off and does its own thing, it had to have been programmed to do things that are negative or inherently quote unquote what we consider evil, which is just a cultural appropriation of what we consider right and wrong, right? Yeah, It needs to be built to do those things and trained to do those things in order for it to be inherently evil. So as long as people who have the best intentions are creating it, it will be created to help solve and assist and bring ease versus the the latter.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point because people see AI as evil when it's not. It's the people, like you've just perfectly explained it. It's the people behind it or it's the people that want to change it. And I think, well, what would you recommend, Rob? Because we get this question a lot and looking at it from an angle of, are machines going to take people's jobs or is it is it always going to be a world that people buy from people?
0: People buy from people that they like, trust and can relate to, period, because buying is an emotional limbic system based um, process. And then yep. the decision that's the final decision that's made is the neocortex, the logic. So they justify their emotional decision with logic in order so they use the logic to justify that decision that they just made emotionally so i don't think that machines will be replacing people with purchases except unless it's a commoditized consumer product like a vending machine yeah there's no reason for a person to sell that like grocery stores or whatever else there's no need for it it's unnecessary also really monotonous you know just nonsensical why do we have a human doing this easily replicatable absolutely no thought process behind it sure yeah. those jobs will be taken but there's no reason for humans to be doing those jobs in the first place that exactly. gives you the opportunity as that human being to learn to specialize and to actually help move us forward create progress rather than ha- than assisting with the regress cycle
1: exactly exactly and i think that's where the big uh, big aspect of trading and education comes into it because if people understood that and they kind of knew that angle, they wouldn't be as scared of it. They wouldn't be so apprehensive around it or so thinking, ah, oh, this is going to do this is going to do that. And I always come from the point of view. If you're someone that wants to, and I don't know if you agree with this, Rob, but if you're someone that wants to sit on the sofa all day right. and just wants to do nothing just, uh, and just uh, get takeaway and do your nine to five, there's probably not going to be many jobs for you because that kind of job is going to be replaced eventually. It's a very optimized standardized job. And I think, it's quite ignorant of people to think, well, of course it's going to take your job if that's what you're going to do. Where you've got to be <clears throat> more throat> valuable to the marketplace. It's the mindset around good enough. Yeah.
0: If you live in a state of good enough, AI is going to be your worst enemy. Because yeah. if you're living in a state of good enough, you will be replaced because that mindset drives you to do monotonous, nonsensical jobs that do not need to be done by people because it takes no thought, takes no effort. You will be replaced, but that's the thing: is that the lack of education or how we educate our children and our adults yeah. is a problem because they feel like they're stuck, or they, you know, good enough is good enough. It will yeah. be I need to drive further. It will be a progress mindset, and if people can't switch that mindset, those are the ones who are going to be in trouble. Hundred
1: percent, hundred percent. That's why you need to really make sure that thinking how to change people's mindset, how to get people on board. I mean,
0: the human brain. Is yeah. literally wired genetically to want more. Yeah. Doesn't matter how fulfilled you are, there's no such thing as your peak fulfillment doesn't exist. You always yeah. want more. You always want that. Why do you think the mega rich only get richer? Because they are addicted to progress.
1: Yeah. And do more. Die. Yeah. It is. Like your plant, it either grows or it dies. It doesn't, or it reaches its full potential, then it dies. And it's the same with us, I think. It's if you're constantly growing, you're constantly going to chase bigger things and do more things. And I think that's a a great way of looking at it because people get that mixed up so it's a yeah it's a good way i like it
0: yep and then we also need the governments to stop having it so like you know oh the, the people are smarter and they're thinking that means they're dangerous
1: yeah
0: it is not a government's job to exist where the people fear it a government must always fear its people yeah it's people should the people should never fear their government yeah. that's when you know that we've gone wrong anybody, any country, anywhere, yeah. as soon as you fear your government, it, there is a serious inherent problem. And that's when the limitations come in, and they try to keep people down. I know, yeah, yeah. screw the okay. man, man. No, no, this is actual psychological, um, uh, like, uh, what do they call Dampening. So yeah. What they do is because they want to maintain power, that means it is a toxic environment that is yeah. being lived in, or there are some really deep-rooted inherent problems Because allowing people to innovate, think and uh, drive for progress, educate themselves, that is our future. Yeah. Trying to slow that down is working against us. Sure, it's better to take your time innovating things, because if you rush it, you can create something potentially dangerous. Yeah. But it's about allowing people to be creative, to innovate, to build things and not telling them how they should live their life. But having them understand and learn what is it that makes them happy yeah, if yeah. they figure that out, then they can do whatever it is and innovate in that area. Even if, oh no, there's nothing left to innovate there. No, there is. We just yeah. haven't found it yet.
1: Right. 100%. Goes back to our point earlier. You don't know what you're going to find. Like, we don't know what we're going to have what what we will be having this conversation in a year's time rob like how it will be how we'll be doing it whether it's through vr or whether we'll be in person at a conference together or what that will look like and do you really vr oh, podcast would be fun <laughs> yeah, it'd be quite cool All we'll sat around and you can do it like you can have multiple people joining in it'd be really quite cool and uh do your team meetings as if you're part of the jedi council or something so you can have everyone going around i really quite like that idea. and what do you think then with your great point on governments having to fear the people how do you reckon technology today? Because blockchain instantly jumped to my head of we're seeing a lot with banks and regulations hating the idea of blockchain because they think it's gonna fuck it all up and it's gonna well take away their kind of power. I what, know quite
0: what? a bit about macroeconomics. Yeah. And a decentralized currency is actually very dangerous. Yeah. Because people can they can pretty much limit the market, how much is actually flowing? So it's limited by any individual. They own a large share of a crypto. They could just yeah. not spend it and hoard it, and then there's less in the market. So artificial scarcity. They yeah. just blow up its value and then just sell a bunch of it, but then hoard it back when yeah. the, the price is low. So they can keep hoarding it and they can really fuck everyone over in an economy. Yeah. The key to a uh, to a healthy economy is money velocity. Yeah, money velocity is the theory behind money moving in quantity and in speed and how many transactions altogether. Yeah, the higher the money velocity. The more the currency is worth and the more money there is to go around. Yeah. Businesses will pay more, they'll hire more people because money's moving. When money stops moving, it's like putting up a dam. The ecology on the other side of that river now all dies. Yeah. But then everything's thriving on the other side, big time. And it creates serious ecological problems.
1: Yeah. So
0: think about COVID. Everybody said we need to save our money because you know everything's going downhill and uh, you know we're gonna lose our job, blah, blah, blah. The economy would have never crashed if everybody kept spending their money as per usual. Yeah, It was literally because saving money destroys the economy. Yeah. That's why if you're saving money, put it into assets. I don't have any. I have no more than $1,000 liquid in my bank account at any given time. It's all in assets. Short-term, high-risk, mid-term, mid-risk, long-term, low-risk. I have three separate accounts. And that's okay. how I move money around. If I've needed, I can get that money out of those accounts and spend it any way that I wish in liquid in yeah. just three days, which is as long as you need, just, you just have to wait for the sec to clear it. You have the money back. the freaking do. You can't wait three days to buy something.
1: Yeah. That's a good point. I've never, yeah, so, but I, and that annoys me as well. Cause you think I've read something, even the biggest companies, if they went, I think the largest companies with the biggest cash flows, if they went three months without new business. They'd be on my head, behemoths that we know. But they said the average is about three weeks. So they said the average of companies, whether it's the big, big, multi-multi-hundred-million-pound companies, if they have no business hypothetically, and it could potentially happen, yeah. or your are the way we were talking earlier, how mad that? You can you can have a business that's been around years collapsed overnight because there's no guarantee of it. And I think it's a, it's a real interesting point. There how- are no
0: guarantees in business. That's why if you ever see a guarantee in a contract, it's total bullshit. Yeah. Sure, they have to live up to it by law, but the thing is, it can, it will utterly destroy them eventually.
1: Yeah, especially if they're private as well, and you can't go after the owners, you go after the company. <laughs> but if the company's no longer there, what's it? What's it uh, abiding to? That's a good way of looking yeah.
0: at it. The, the, business is just risk mitigation and trust. Yeah, the end.
1: Yeah, but with a load of new businesses coming in, right, with uh, all the AI and cloud and data companies, it will be. In what? What do you think about that? How do you think about AI and regulation? AI regulation I think
0: I think regulation for all because too much of a good thing is always a bad thing yeah I think there should be some regulation and the regulation should be around um the purpose in which the technology is built yeah I do not think that AI should ever be built to it with the disinterest of human beings or any other um you know intelligent sentient creature
1: yeah yeah, it's a good way of looking at this uh, it's, it's a big topic isn't it regulation when you look at what we see with Also, reg- I'm against
0: using AI to control and or regulate and or predict the market yeah because it is an unfair advantage and also the way that day trading works and what like you know uh shorting things the way that um I mean for example look at Robinhood yeah. Spawn of I, Satan. Like, I've been warning people about that application since they freaking created it because I looked into the owners and was like this is a fucking scam owned yeah. by a hedge fund and they are going to they're going to steal everyone's money they yeah. block trading because they say oh you can't trade right now we're blocking it is illegal to deny someone their right to trade in the open market period yeah. they, they got a cease and desist from the US Congress to stop the shenanigans literally I've seen it yeah Right, yeah. written by the U.S. Uh, the, by the U.S. congressman and stamped of approval, you know, stamp of the the congressional house, right? Yeah. Uh, all that stuff. That what they did is that they they're owned by technically owned by this hedge fund, and the hedge fund they just dumped a ton of money into the GameStop st- uh, stock, right?
1: Yeah. And absolutely. what
0: happened is that everybody bought in, so the hyper inflated it, and then they pulled all of that money out, right? robin hood did pulled it all out, so they stripped all the money from the hedge fund, put it yeah. into Robinhood as profit. Yeah, And then all the people within the hedge fund who were all the investors of that hedge fund all got fucked because there is zero liability.
1: <laughs> Never knew that. that. Not
0: technically that's illegal. Thought. They found a loophole. And then that's when the SEC went up their ass. And that's when um, uh, the US government got involved. But they didn't technically do anything illegal, which is why they st- are still functioning.
1: That's crazy that you can get what away- But surely that kind of breaks people's trust though, because we were talking about it earlier. How can you trust a business once that's happened?
0: They I only could- lost a couple percent of their users. It's because people yeah, don't know what any the- people don't know what the fuck any of it means. Yeah. Oh, what did they do? I don't know what they did. It was a hedge fund, whatever, money. Uh, that's what people yeah. think.
1: Yeah. I don't need to understand this. I just need to know where to put my money. And I saw that uh company like GameStop is up a thousand percent. I need to get back in it. So they don't really care about the underlying trust of the business. The only people lost
0: people lost billions of dollars because of that. And Robin yeah. Hood just lapped it all up. Yeah. <laughs> Big payday for them. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that, that goes into ethics and code behind it. If they were using an AI to drive that, would you be happy?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's a big question that I have at the, the
0: People are the problem, though. They would have told the AI that's what they wanted
1: to do. Yeah, but it, always, it always annoys me. It always pisses me off, Rob, because we look at uh, ethics and I just think, shouldn't it be the right thing to do the right thing when you're in business? Like, why do we need all these big things around it? But clearly, people like Robin Hood, there's people that still do it. And you just think, how, I, I, I don't know. It just makes me think, cause I have to hear about it a lot around ethics and uh, panels around it and talking around it, and I just think, how hard is it that we don't want to do the right things? That there are these people out there that want to engineer algorithms to do the wrong thing, and I think it's 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 just bizarre. It, it's just money, it's greed.
0: They want money, because if you engineer something that does something malicious, someone is going to pay a whole
1: lot of money for it. Yeah. But then, yeah, you got the other side as well. All the big banks actually employing hackers and employing people to actually go after these kind of things, so they can they can find out where these loopholes are and where these areas are. But yeah, pen testers, penetration
0: testers, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's why cybersecurity is getting so popular right now. I mean, think about the market with uh, that um uh the gas pipeline out in uh, the U.S. where they literally locked down where no gas could actually run through it. It almost bankrupted the company and um I haven't heard they, this they literally much. held them it, it, was, it was ransomware
1: yeah
0: until you pay like however i think it was like 12 million dollars in bitcoin to this um uh bitcoin address otherwise your your gas pipeline is going to be shut down until you do so
1: <laughs> that's crazy like, you can kind of kind of scares me a little bit To it makes me question the government
0: didn't do yeah. anything about it why because they don't negotiate with terrorists
1: yeah Just the no company
0: chance. paid out of pocket To make that go away otherwise it would have never happened the government would not endorse it really so guess what they they get nothing back from insurance or from anything because there was nothing that had to do with ransomware in there yeah there was nothing that had to do with the government that would reimburse them nothing
1: yeah one of those loopholes that people have found to how to get around the business and how to cripple a business that's the thing right all this new technology it's like they say the biggest warfare is not going to be it's not going to be the nuclear bombs like you said it's going to be shutting down is via via technology and all of a sudden like you saw it in texas when that snowstorm hit you just kind of saw the impact of how much you just shut off the community how much the local economy went down like all the problems that come around from it uh the health care because if you, if you can't power the hospitals that would be the next wave of what that kind of area looks like and i think it's um so important again to make sure that we do the right kind of things and use these technologies for the right kind of ways to stop those kind of people ever coming about but Yeah, people are getting all excited about
0: crypto but really blockchain is that's awesome if everything within a city's infrastructure ran within a blockchain network then unless someone's on the inside they can't shut it shut down the infrastructure it's that simple yeah but even better than that beyond blockchain where is it going quantum environments yeah rather than a blockchain environment a quantum environment literally unhackable as far as we know yeah, that's the thing, and that's why we're like going that. into quantum processing, um, uh, building quantum environments, all that stuff. That is the future. Blockchain's not going to be around for too long. That's going to be like the cheap, the the, the cheap solution, the cheap version of what you want because it's pretty much just locked air tight, no matter yeah. what. But then quantum environments are going to truly be the next generation of that.
1: Like the Yahoo web browser before Google web browser came along, right? <laughs> so like that. Exactly the, the second hand the secondhand one that no one wants to use unless you're really um either very loyal to it but yeah I never looked at and i think blockchain is a, a great way of looking at it as well especially what, what do you think of nfts then that's a big talk about topic how do you see that coming about nfts i'm talking
0: to a guy he's a founder of a business um deals a lot in nfts and he's getting super excited about it but I, it doesn't really it doesn't as they say tickle my fancy yeah it doesn't give you a turtle rub no no yeah. I, I just don't really see any uh, I, i'll let people work on that do it you know have fun with it innovate with it that's cool but i i have no
1: real interest in that personally what about you uh i don't know i don't know where i stand i think it's quite a i think it's a gimmick like something cool to have something great to have but i know gary v talks about it a lot um so it makes me question what i actually know about it that's exactly what i think it's a nice to have
0: it's not a must-have it's not a true innovation exactly
1: exactly and i just think this isn't much different you're basically just making it better to exchange digital goods almost is the only thing i can see and it's it's great
0: for illegal transactions or tax evasion
1: sure yeah exactly that's why i've been doing that
0: forever i mean why did (laughs) cryptocurrency why did it even get invented so people could sell drugs online literally black market sites without having it traced back to an account put it into uh you know an encrypted pgp note uh or an encrypted pvp note you send that and then they decrypt it, and the only person on the other side has the decryptor. Otherwise, people can't decrypt it. They see what the order is. They talk to each other through those uh, through those PGP notes, and then boom, they make an order. They send uh, Bitcoin from an escrow account on that site to whatever yeah. address it is, so it's t- totally untraceable. Yeah. And um, from there, they send the drugs, and then that's that, unless yeah. they get caught putting it in the mail or you yeah. get caught receiving it in the mail, no one actually goes down. So it was a really, really good way. And since 99.7% of mail is not actually put through the proper search protocols yeah. are in the US uh, mail system, then it's you're, it's you're virtually untouchable.
1: Yeah, you can't be found. Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy idea, isn't it? That like you can essentially never be found. And then found NFTs, to... it's just that, except way more advanced,
0: And in a controlled environment, except anything can go down and it's easily accessible.
1: Yeah. I do like the idea of making something, especially with the metaverse coming around what we were discussing earlier with NFTs. I can see some kind of cool collaboration there. But as you said, something that's uh, nice to have, something I can't really see valuable to myself or anything like that. I just can't, I can't picture myself using it. It's like cryptocurrency. People call me crazy because they're like, oh, but you're you heavily involved in cloud and AI and all these emerging tech. And no, I love the blockchain. I love the idea of it. And like you said, uh, I'm obsessed with quantum computers when they're going to come out. But people say, how can you not like crypto? And I just said, I, I'm i not convinced. I don't know. A, I don't know enough about it. But B, I just people can't. you're adding value to
0: crypto, all yeah. it is is that when you buy a coin, you are buying a tiny little chunk of an algorithm. You're buying a piece of math Yeah, that exists in the metaverse yeah and it becomes physical data on your computer if you hold it in the cloud environment you're defeating the purpose because it's traceable and taxable you put yeah. it in a wallet on your computer on a hard drive period yeah okay so you bought a piece of math what are you going to do with it um sit on it and hope it gains value what value what is it what is it what are you buying
1: yeah i don't know that's why i don't know i know when i buy a company you're buying I mean...
0: a link in a chain
1: yeah of, of of math yeah compared to if you buy a company like you were saying earlier and I'm a big fan of putting money either in an index or picking uh, singular companies, always buy what you own and what you what you stand by. And that's my kind of viewpoint. But I know I'm buying a team of people. And I know I'm buying buildings with their name on it. And I know I'm buying physical goods if it's someone like uh, Heinz. Or I know I'm buying a service or uh, <coughs> actual, <clears throat> actual assets, right? Actually see see it. And I can know it's- uh, no, no, But there is crypto
0: out there that could be useful, like um, Civic CVC. That's an altcoin. That's used for identityless, um, identi- so identityless identity verification. Yeah, it's yeah. useful. It has a purpose. It's yeah. worth something. Or district OX, Ver- uh, so identity uh, validation or uh, entryway uh, tokens in yeah. um, in in HTML5 environment. Great. Yeah. So website verification tokens. Fantastic. That has a purpose. Bitcoin, yeah. nothing. What can it do? It can trade extremely slowly, about an hour and a half to two hours. Into someone else's account at an extremely high transaction rate.
1: Yeah. That's it. Yeah.
0: And then they came out with Litecoin. It's the same thing as Bitcoin, except it's written in Swift rather than SHA 256. So it's a little bit more optimized. You can trade it in 15 minutes.
1: Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. That's a great way of looking at it as well. How, because, yeah, I just can't use it. I'm sure the crypto companies out there will love us being on this podcast together because. Yeah, no, it's such a high fluctuation of value. Yeah. You like put your life
0: savings in there. The next day, it, it, you lost 60% of your money. <laughs> but um, I, I still play the crypto game. I can't talk that much shit about it. I buy into crypto because I just follow whatever's popular in the market. I do it based off of public um, uh, public uh, relations and public popularity. Yeah. Public sentiment of it. Throw a bunch of money in it. It goes up like 40%. Then I pull the money right
1: back out. Yeah. Gone. So that's now I actually- always tell people because people say, oh, but I can make all this money and I can make all this percentage. I always say, Rob, and I don't know if your listeners agree, but I always say cryptocurrency, assets, whatever, that's great. But nothing is going to give you a higher percentage than your own business, I reckon, or a business because a business can do 10,000% in sales. I'd be very amazed if I found a property that can get me that kind of cash flow or that kind of cryptocurrency, which has happened, I guess. I don't know if it's happened 10000 I mean, I know. you know, you know Shiba. A- you know Shiba Coin? No. Oh, so it's S H
0: I B U S D, a Shiba Coin. I bought into that uh, way early on. It was like a fraction of 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 a, fraction of a, fraction of a cent. Yeah. Um, I threw about uh, I threw a thousand dollars in there. Yeah. I'm I'm up fourteen
1: thousand percent right now. That's incredible <laughs> because I didn't know that those kind of things exist. I thought it was only with a business where you're, where, it's on, it's on cats. You can go as high as you, high as you
0: like. I was trading Bitcoin because I was at a tech school and everything like that. Just yeah. messed around with that stuff. Traded Bitcoin, mined some of it, all that stuff. I was buying and selling Bitcoin when it was twenty five dollars a coin.
1: Yeah, that's ridiculous.
0: At one point, I had one hundred fifty Bitcoin. Yeah, if I held on to that and then forgot about it, do you know how much money that would be? Yeah, 10. Bitcoin is about $380,000. Multiply that by 10. That's like 3.8 million. Right. And then that by a half, I would have $5 million in Bitcoin sitting in my shit right now. If I just held on to it, I I was like, this shit ain't gonna be worth anything. Like, this is just some stupid nonsense. That's what I was thinking at the time.
1: Yeah something that I've been conned into. I don't know what it is. I don't understand it. I don't want to buy it. Well,
0: I understood it. I understood how it's built. I went to a tech school. We used to mine it. We knew what it was. And the fact that we, that's the problem. The public doesn't know what it actually is. Yeah, that's what I really I know know what it is. And I was like, this shit is worthless. That's all I was thinking because I actually know what it is. Yeah. Never exactly. thought it would actually gain value. I was like, I mean, it's pretty cool because everybody's agreed upon what it's really worth. And they, they you know, you can trade black market items. Awesome. There was a nice workaround. But then it actually turned into something because
1: publicity is an incredible, powerful thing. Yeah, exactly. Getting the right message behind it, which I think is a big thing as well to go slightly off topic. Anything like Bitcoin or anything to do with AI or cloud messaging and it's like being in investment banking they they i have that view that they always try and close you off with those kind of words and i think it's the same with kind of bitcoin they can try and close you off but i think it's the the key thing um communication around something because like we said earlier if you can't understand it and you don't understand it you're probably not going to want to be involved in it which is uh why people get these misconceptions of things being bad or things being awful but I wish I, I wish they would uh, explained it to me a bit better because maybe I'll have understood Bitcoin and maybe I'll have been one of those early buyers. But now I just look at it as a as a fad. I'm, I'm not I'm not sold on it. I don't. Think it always
0: was value. a fad. And if you were someone early on who knew what it was, you wouldn't have bought into it. Yeah, that's the thing. You it was other people concept. who didn't know what it was that gave it value. Yeah, <laughs> it's the exact opposite of how it usually works. But listen, we are out of time here. That was a good way to finish. I, I don't know if anybody's even going to like listening to that, but I think it's going to be pretty cool. They're, they're definitely going to learn something. Yeah. So I want to thank you so much, Tom, for your time. I appreciate it. What's the best place for people to find you and your AI
1: journal? Really appreciate it, Rob. It's been great to be on the show. Uh, you can find me at Tom Allen at LinkedIn, and you can find me on AI journal. by typing it into Google, which should be the first result. And we'd love to connect with you, love to hear your story, and uh, love to welcome you to the AI journal community. Uh, thank you for having me on, Rob, really appreciate
0: it. Yeah, anytime, anytime. So thank you, everybody, for listening to Down the Rabbit Hole podcast today. Again, I'm your host, Rob Turley, and this podcast was brought to you by White Rabbit Intel, where you can target, hyper-target, and then understand who it is that you sell to in a way where you can find more like them. So generate leads effectively and be able to predict which one is most likely to become your champion. A lot of fun. Um Anyway. Have a good one. Uh, If you share this, please use hashtag DTRH podcast and feel free to tag me or Tom. We will share it out and we will help you get more engagement on that post. Have a good night. If you enjoyed this episode, follow down the rabbit hole podcast for new episodes weekly on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, and YouTube. If you'd like to apply to be featured on the podcast or recommend a featured guest, please feel free to email us at the team at whiterabbitintel.com.